Chapter Twenty Two of Dot and Tot of Maryland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Dot and Tot of Maryland by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Twenty Two The Valley of Lost Things. It was morning and the sun shone as brightly as it had every day since they came to Maryland. Yet the stillness of the Seventh Valley was so intense that the children became sober the moment they entered it, and even the smile upon the little queen's wax face looked strained and out of place. The people here are either asleep like the dolls or run down like the animals, said Dot, sinking her voice to a whisper. "'There are no people,' replied the queen. "'Then what is the valley for?' asked the girl. "'Wait a moment, and you will see,' was the answer. The boat now drew near the shore, but the banks of the river were so high and steep that they could see nothing above them, and Dot thought at first they would be unable to land. Presently, however, they reached a small place where the bank sloped gently down to the water, and here the queen stopped the boat and asked the children to step out. "'Now follow me,' said Her Majesty, when they had all landed. So they walked up the sloping bank and found themselves upon a big circular plain as flat as a platter, which was thickly covered with thousands and thousands of pins. There were no trees at all, but lying scattered upon the ground were heaps and stacks of the most curious things. Nearest to Dot was a great pyramid of thimbles of all sizes and made of many different materials. Further on were piles of buttons of all shapes and colors imaginable, and there were also a vast collection of hairpins, rings, and many sorts of jewelry. Tot noticed at his side a mammoth heap of lead pencils, some short and stubby and worn, and others long and almost new. "'What does it all mean?' asked Dot, wonderingly, after she had gazed about her. "'It's the Valley of Lost Things,' answered the Queen. "'Oh,' said Dot. "'Oh,' echoed Tot and again they began looking with wide-open eyes. "'It is rather dangerous to walk on the pins,' said the Queen. "'So we must choose some overshoes from this pile and put them on our feet. There are so many pins lost that they cover the entire valley, and sometimes the points turn up and are liable to stick into your feet.' The pile of overshoes was quite near them. So they hunted through it until they found the right sizes. Of course, they could not get mates. But that did not matter so much, if the soles were but thick enough to keep the pins from sticking through. When at last their feet were clad in overshoes, they started walking through the valley. Tot was surprised to see many heaps of caps and coats that had been worn by boys. "'Where do they all come from?' he asked. "'Well,' replied the queen, 
"'It seems boys in the big outside world seldom hang up their caps and coats, so they are easily lost. Perhaps if they knew they would get to this valley and could never be found again, boys would be more careful.' "'Would they?' asked Topped. "'I suppose so. Here is a big pile of pennies. I expect most of those were lost by children, too.' "'Let's take some,' cried Tot. "'No, indeed,' said Dot. "'If we took them, they wouldn't be lost any more.' "'Won't they ever be found?' asked the boy. "'I think not,' replied the Queen. "'No one has ever been here but you, and probably no stranger will ever come to this valley again.' "'It's all right for us to come,' declared Tot. "'Why?' inquired the girl. "'Cause we're lost, too.' "'So we are, Tot,' said Dot, rather sadly. "'But lost people are usually found again, for I don't see any others here.' They walked a little farther on and saw a mass of broken toys lying scattered about. There were dollies, too, for suddenly Tot made a pounce and grabbed up a sorry-looking doll with one arm broken, one eye out, and a scratched and battered face. "'I found her!' he cried joyfully. "'I found Jane, and I'm going to keep her, too.' "'Is it really your doll?' asked the Queen, with some curiosity. "'Of course it is,' replied Tot. "'I lost her.' then i do not see why you should not keep her with you for being found she doesn't belong here any more course not said the boy hugging the broken doll in his arms there are a good many gloves and handkerchiefs lost remarked dot looking at the heaps lying around yes replied the queen and over at the further side of the valley are many piles of pocket-books each pile as big as a haystack People are so careless with pocket-books. "'Have they any money in them?' asked the girl. "'Some have a great deal of money inside them, and some only a few pennies. Others are stuffed with cards and samples and papers,' said the Queen. "'I would take you to look at them, but we should have to climb over a hill of lost needles, and I fear our overshoes would not protect us from their sharp points.' "'It's always hard to get at money.' said Tot, with a sigh. Among other things lying near her, Dot now noticed a hurdy-gurdy, such as she had seen musicians carrying around the streets. There was no monkey with it, and it looked quite old and battered. "'I wonder how long it has been here,' she remarked thoughtfully. "'Play it and see,' suggested the Queen. So Dot set the hurdy-gurdy up straight and turned the crank. When it began playing, in a jerky and wheezy manner, a tune called Silver Threads Among the Gold. "'My, but that's an old tune,' said Dot. "'It's rather pretty,' declared the Queen, who had never heard the air before. "'Play another.' This time it was Little Annie Rooney, and then followed Captain Jinx, and Two Little Girls in Blue. "'I guess this hurdy-gurdy was lost before I was born,' sighed Dot. "'It's certainly very old.'" End of chapter 22 Recording by Kevin Davidson www.blogordie.com